first of all, that you would just intervene. You said what the last days were going to be like. It was going to be perilous times. Lord, I'm asking that we would continue to let our light shine. Most of all, Lord, help us to truly to watch and to pray. Father, we need you here in the last day to be bold, to be strong, to let our lights to truly shine. Most of all, to be a witness for you, Jesus. Have your way, Lord. You've heard, you've heard the prayer request. You've heard, Lord, what is going on in this world. And I'm asking you would intervene because you are sovereign. Oh, Lord, there's nothing that is hid from you. You know everything. So, Father, there's nothing that, that happens that, that surprises you. You know. So, Father, we're just asking, Lord, that you would just continue, Lord, to just take control and be in control. And, Lord, most of all, save in a mighty way. Touch our sister, Lord, that is here today that needs a touch, Lord. We know, Lord, that you can do it. We're asking right now, Lord, would your divine spirit, Lord, rest upon her right now in the name of overshadow her, Lord. Allow whatever is going on in our Lord to be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I thank you for this morning, Lord. Just touch her right now, Lord. Touch every prayer request. And, Lord, most of all, Lord, just anoint our teacher, oh, Lord, that he would be able to teach with wisdom. And I pray our hearts will be open, oh, Lord, unto your word. Bless us even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love his praying. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I forgot to mention our, te our coast teacher, you know, Brother Mickey. Be sure to be lifting him up in prayer each day. Amen. We miss him. He's been gone now about three Sundays. And so we uh, definitely want to leave, lift him up in prayers. Uh, the coffee's ready for anybody that wants any coffee. Uh, it's decaf coffee this time, so you can drink it, <laughs> Sherry. <laughs> All right. Uh, and it won't keep you awake, unfortunately, I guess. <laughs> But anyway, we're glad to have Tevin back with us. He's been gone, but he's he's been in another class, so he's he's been a good boy. <laughs> right. And so anyway, we're going to be looking at some scripture pretty soon here because they give us a lot of scripture with these lessons that we're having concerning the story of the Old Testament. And it's just one main story, of course, of redemption and God's love for us is the whole story of the Bible. And so we're uh, looking at this unit, the story of the Old Testament. The next unit will be the story of the New Testament. And so we concluded last week's lesson with a speech from Joshua that called the Israelites to serve God. However, the conclusion to the book of Joshua indicates the Israelites served God only until the death of Joshua. So that seems to indicate that they were trying to please him more than please God. Because after he died, then they began straying away again. Perhaps the Israelites were more focused on trusting their leaders than on their personal and national trust in God as their true leader. That's something we always have to keep in mind with politics, you know. We must not put our trust in the leader, whoever he is, put our trust in God and believe God to give the leader wisdom in his uh, decisions that he has to make. 
because we're told in Scripture, you know, to even first of all, to pray for those that are in authority is what Paul told Timothy. Uh, so anyway, we know that after Joshua, we have the story of the judges and the cycle that they kept going through. They would, they would sin, and so God would send punishment to them, and, and then they would cry out to God for deliverance, and um, then God would send a deliverer or a judge, as they were called. And so this cycle goes on through the book of Judges, and you, you see some real weird stories there in the book of Judges, but that's what happens when people do what's right in their own eyes instead of following the, the word of the Lord. Of course, as we uh, pointed out last week, uh, they finally had a written word when Moses came on the scene because Moses, of course, wrote the Pentateuch or the first five books of the Bible. So the last judge seems to be Samuel. And therefore, uh, they have a problem not with Samuel but with his kids. They're, they're not really serving God like they need to. And, and so they said, uh, we need to have a leader over us, a king like other nations. So Brother Thurman's going to read for us in 1 Samuel 8, 4 through 9. I have to get my Bible out. Go ahead, as soon as I give you the mic, sorry. <laughs> His voice is really going to carry. All right. Uh, then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways, nor make us a king. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel, and they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the days that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith uh, they have forsaken me and served other gods, gods, uh, so do they also unto thee. Now, now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the kings that shall reign over them. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us that we, all, we also may be like all the nations, and that our kings may judge us, and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, 
Go ye every man unto this city. All right, good reading, thank you. So we see that they <laughs> really are very polite, aren't they? They come to Samuel and say, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> We're all getting old, that's for sure. But uh, they said, you're going to be dying, in other words, and, and uh, your sons are not right to be ruling. So we want you to uh, get us a king. And uh, this displeased Samuel because he felt hurt about it personally. But the Lord said, it's not you they're rejecting. They're rejecting me as their king. And it reminds us what happened in the New Testament when Jesus came on the scene. He came on to his own and his own received him not. And all the way to Calvary, he was being rejected of men. So our central truth, I forgot to point out, is the dynasty of Israel's kings prefigured the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, God had told Moses in Deuteronomy, you know, that they would have a king. So they weren't exactly against God's will in asking for a king. But still, they were not uh, saying, or they were rejecting God from being their king. When Jesus reigns for a thousand years on this earth, there'll still be some at the end of the thousand years that will reject him as the king and will try to overthrow his kingdom, we're told, when the devil is loose after a thousand years. And uh, they'll compass about Jerusalem there and, and think that they're going to seize Jerusalem and take Christ off the throne, but God sends fire down from heaven and destroys that rebellion. But anyway, even during a beautiful reign of Christ, of peace during the millennium, there's still those that will reject him. It won't be the saints, but it'll be those that were born during the millennium. During a thousand years, a lot of people can be born. <laughs> and uh, so it won't, uh, we won't be able to procreate because we'll have our glorified bodies. But the ones that made it through the tribulation, even if there was just a couple that made it through, they could have children and their children could have children. And we know that there are more than just a couple that will make it through the tribulation and will go into the millennium as natural human beings, so they will multiply. But anyway, we see that people in their heart, and especially being led of the Satan, will reject Christ and as their king. When, they, when Pilate said, should I crucify your king? They said, we have no king but Caesar. And so they, they back then, with Jesus on this earth, doing all the good things that he did. They still rejected him. Uh, not the whole population, but the priest and, and the religious people rejected him because of envy, as Pilate said. I know they were delivering him because of envy. But anyway, uh, the Lord told Moses, I mean Samuel to hearken to their voice 
and to show them the manner, though, that the king will reign over them, that he's going to tax you, he's going to, he's going to draft your sons into his army, and uh, you're going to have to support all his servants, and, and he'll take his, your daughters to be bakers and cooks and, and uh, confectionaries. Uh, he'll take your fields, your vineyards, He'll take the tenth of your seed. He'll take your men servants, your maid servants. He'll take the tenth of your sheep, and you'll be his servants, or like his slaves. And you'll cry out in that day because of your king, which you shall have chosen you. But the Lord will not hear you. And so they said, "Well, nevertheless, we we still want a king, <laughs> even though." They were warned what the king would be doing to them. And uh, Moses did warn them also about when they chose a king, how that he would uh, multiply wives and horses, and, and uh, these wives that he multiplies will turn his heart away from God. So now we come to... Uh, 1 Samuel 10, verse 1, and then skip down to 17 through 25. Alyssa has that one for us. I got it back. Yeah. 1 Samuel 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Verse 17, and Samuel called the people together unto the Lord to Mizpah and said unto the children of Israel, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought up Israel out of Egypt and delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all kingdoms and all of them that oppressed you. And ye have this day rejected your God who himself saved you and of all your adversaries adversaries is there adversities and your tribulations and ye have said unto him nay but set a king over us now therefore present yourselves before the lord by your tribes and by your thousands and when samuel had caused all the tribes of israel to come near the tribe of benjamin was taken when he had caused the tribe of benjamin to come near by their families the family of martry was taken and saul the son of kish was taken and when they sought him, he could not be found. Therefore they inquired of the Lord further, if the man should yet come thither. And the Lord answered, Behold, he hath hid himself among the stuff. And they ran and fetched him thence. And when he stood among the people, he was higher than any of the people from his shoulders and upward. And Samuel said to all the people, See ye him whom the Lord hath chosen, that there are... There is none like him among the people. And all the people shouted and said, God save the king. Then Samuel took the people, the manner of the kingdom, and wrote it in a book and laid it, upon, laid it up before the Lord. And Samuel sent all his people away, every man to his house. All right. Good reading. We know what kind of shampoo he used, head and shoulders, right? 
It says he was head and shoulders above them. You see, you learned something in class. <laughs> yeah, it's a little all right. But any, anyway, uh, we see uh, first he just had a personal encounter with Samuel when uh, Saul was out looking for some lost donkeys. And they said, well, the... The prophet's over here. Let's go see him. Maybe he can tell you where those donkeys are. And so they went to uh, Samuel, and Samuel told them, well, those donkeys that you went to seek for, they've been found, and now your father is wondering, what's happened to my son? He's been gone. And so while he put everyone else out, then he took, a horn of oil and anointed Saul and uh, it's an interesting story there how that he tells them exactly what was going to happen to him after he left him that he would meet so-and-so and and they would give him some bread and and uh, different things and uh, so then he said the Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you, and you'll prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. That's what the Spirit of God will do. He'll turn you into another man or another woman, and uh, especially at conversion, true conversion, because we become new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. But this was just a private thing that he did there. But he needed to get Israel to choose him as their king. So that's why he gathered all the tribes together there, as she read. And uh, he said, well, let's, let's have an election in a way, you know. They didn't go to the ballot box, but they... They had ways of, of uh, the, uh, determining what tribe. Uh, the high priest usually had all the 12 tribes on his ephod, and somehow that tribe would light up on his ephod so he knew which tribe was chosen. And then they, um, I don't know how they broke it down, you know, to the family but the family was chosen and then of the families then Saul was taken and so then they looked for Saul and they couldn't find him he was hiding among the stuff it says so he started out in a humble way he was very humble at first you know he he didn't want all that attention but uh they found him, and they brought him out, and then they found, you know, that he was taller than any of them. And uh, so then Samuel anointed him again, evidently in front of the people. The anointing came upon three people, and are three different types of people in the Old Testament. We have prophets, we have priests, and we have kings. All three were anointed. And Jesus 
of course, is a prophet. He's a priest and he's king. So he's the fullness of all three. So keep in mind our central truth that the dynasty of Israel's kings prefigured the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. What does prefigured mean? It, that's a good question. She asked, what does prefigured mean? It means the uh, kind of a type of, you know, before the, the regular uh, person came on the scene. You, sometimes it's used as a shadow, you know. It was a shadow of, uh, you can see a shadow of my hand there on the light on the wall. And, uh, but the shadow isn't the real thing. It's just a shadow of it. And so the kings of Judah especially were shadows of, of who Jesus would fulfill uh, the prophecies of, that we find in the Old Testament. So God grants Israel's request is what she was reading there. After the people ask for a king, then God grants the request. He will grant our request sometimes at our own peril. And so it's, it's good to really seek the will of the Lord because they were doing it in rejecting God as their king. But still, God's mercy and love, he went ahead and granted their request. They wanted a king. He gave them a king. And... Like I said, he started out very humble, but then Samuel started giving him things that God wanted him to take care of, and uh, we find where he becomes disobedient, and therefore Saul had to, or Samuel had to say, now thy kingdom shall not continue. <coughs> the, this is... 1 Samuel 13, 14. Now thy kingdom shall not continue. Because he had done foolishly in uh, not keeping the commandment that the Lord gave him. And uh, this was the first time he tells him that. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. Which we know was David. <coughs> and the Lord has commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee so then we find that there was another incident in which he was told to go and destroy the Amalekites not to leave any man woman or child alive among the Amalekites and uh, we know that and to destroy all the oxen and sheep and uh, so uh, instead of doing that he spared he spared the king and he spared um, the um, animals some of the animals after God had told him to smite everything So then when he greets Samuel on the way, he says, 
Praise the Lord, I've obeyed him. About that time, a sheep went bah, you know. The oxen went, mmm. And he said, well, what's the bleeding of the sheep and oxen then if you obeyed? And he said, oh, I saved them for sacrifice unto God. And Samuel told him, Turn the page, sorry. And Samuel told him that uh, the Lord, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. To obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And that's we find in the 15th chapter in verses 21 and 23. So Saul says, well, I've sinned. But I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So instead of taking the blame, he's, Blaming the people. So he said, I pray pardon my sin. Turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. And he said, no, I will not turn with you. And so then he grabs a hold of Samuel's raiment there and uh, the skirt of his mantle and, and rent it or tore it. And then Samuel said, well, the Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than you are. <laughs> and uh, so again, he said, well, I have sinned, yet honor me now. So he's just not very remorseful at all, you know. He, he, he was sorry he got caught mainly, you know. <laughs> and so he said, but I'm the king, honor me before the people and uh, that I may worship the Lord. So Samuel did go after Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord and uh, then he said well bring Agag that king that he had spared and Agag thought all right he's going to bless me <laughs> and Samuel said as the sword hath made women childless as your sword hath so shall thy mother be childless among women and Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. It was rough being a prophet in those days. Uh, and we know that uh, later on Elijah had to kill about 400 prophets of Baal, you know, and slew them. God doesn't fool around with idolatry and with rebellion. And... Uh, because he disobeyed, they say in history that the wife of Agag escaped and she had a child and they had children. And then we come to the book of Esther where we have Haman who was an Amalekite that uh, was also against the Jews and gave them, he thought he would destroy them even. But he was Amalekite points out and uh, so the Lord said 
I'm at war with the Malachites from generation to generation because they stood for rebellion against God and God's people, Israel. So it was time to choose another leader. Since he said God had rejected Saul, then he needed to choose another one, and that's 1 Samuel 16, 1 through 13, and we get to hear the voice of Opal on that. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. <clears throat> and Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one that I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical statue, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and said, him and made him pass before Samuel and he said neither has the Lord chosen this one then Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said neither has the Lord chosen this one thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel and Samuel said to Jesse the Lord has not chosen these and Samuel said to Jesse are all of the young men here and he said, there yet remains one, my, the youngest, and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we shall not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ready with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David. From that day forward, so Samuel arose and went to Ramah. All right. Good so we're introduced to David for the first time here in the uh, chapter 16 of first Samuel and how that God chose him to be king over Israel but first Samuel thought this real tall and and man you know tall dark and handsome probably <laughs> yeah head and shoulders above everyone he had the same shampoo and uh, but the Lord rejected him 
because he said, I know you're looking at his outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And uh, that's very important, you know, when you're selecting s someone in your uh, political world, when you go to vote, vote for who would have a heart that would please the Lord than just because they're uh, very charismatic or, or have a uh, uh, appearance that looks like a good president or whatever office you're voting on. Be sure to vote, by the way. I, I forgot to mention that last Sunday because uh, I think the time is about to over over when you can register to vote and they do have registrations to vote right out in the lobby so you can pick one up right now or not right now but after <laughs> after class <laughs> if you haven't registered to vote and because it it's a sad thing the last election there was uh, I guess about a million evangelicals that didn't vote and so the, uh, it, it was the evangelicals, though, that, that really put the president in because uh, they did turn out to vote, those that did turn to vote. But we, we especially need everyone to vote this time because it will determine which way our nation goes uh, according to whoever we choose to be our leader. But anyway, uh, remember that, that God looks at the heart. And so don't just look at outward appearance, but ask the Lord to guide you and who really has a heart for doing what God needs done. Like Donnie Swigert said, I don't know how any Christian could vote for anyone that is for abortion, you know, because abortion is such an abomination in God's sight. And God is for life, not death. And um, so anyway, keep that in mind. Uh, so seven sons went before Samuel, and the Lord rejected them all. So he said, something's wrong here. Is there another son somewhere? Is all the children here? And he said, well, there's one out taking care of sheep. And so Samuel said, well, send and fetch him. We're not going to sit down and eat until he comes. So someone went and fetched David and, and brought him in, and they said that he was ruddy. Now, ruddy could mean red. And uh, so a lot of commentators believe that David had red hair. Uh, and also, he was still handsome he had a beautiful countenance was good to look at and yet he had a heart that pleased God because he was a man after God's own heart and so the the spirit came upon David from that moment that Samuel took that horn of oil and anointed him just as it had come upon Saul when he put the oil upon him because the oil re represents the Holy Ghost and we know that Jesus was anointed of God by the Holy Ghost, it says, who went about doing good. And so the anointing and the Holy Spirit are, are very cl 
close to each other. And so the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day. But something happened to Saul. But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. In other words, an evil spirit was allowed from the Lord to trouble him. And uh, this was to get David into the palace there to meet Saul for Someone suggested, well, let us find a cunning player on a harp. I've heard recently it was more like a guitar than a harp, but uh, that's the way it goes with translations sometimes. And uh, he'll play before you, and uh, then the spirit will not be bothering you, which also shows the influence of music and how that, you know, if you're feeling depressed sometimes, just put on a good gospel record or CD or whatever it's called these days, <laughs> MP3 or whatever. Because <laughs> I always like to hear gospel music in my house, yeah. And, and then also, of course, there's real good gospel programs on TBN, CBN, and... and SBN, <laughs> Daystar, so uh, we're pr privileged to be able to tune into gospel messages and songs, and it will encourage you and lift you up. And so as he played and worshiped God, we know David wrote most of the psalms, so he must have been singing some of the psalms to, to Saul, and uh, it... Um, He um, was blessed by having David there. But I wanted to point out in the 18th verse, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing, and a mighty valiant man, a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. So he wasn't a little boy. We always sing, you know, little boy named David and how he fought the giant. But he was about 18 years old when he went after that giant. So he, he was already a man of war is what it says here uh, in introducing David to, to Saul. He said he's a cunning man. And so Saul sent messengers unto Jesse, his father, and said, send me David which is with the sheep. And Jesse then uh, took his donkey with bread and a bottle of wine and a, and a kid that wasn't a child, that was a, a goat, a little goat, and sent them by David. And uh, so he came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly. That's speaking of David, how that he really loved Saul, you know. And uh, he was his king, after all. And Saul sent to Jesse and said, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight first. And so then, of course, we know the story in the 17th chapter where David defeats Goliath, and then he goes out to, to war, like I said, he was a man of war, and uh, defeats so many Philistines that the 
ladies started singing, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And that's when it really irritated Saul. And, and he said, well, they might as well just give him the kingdom, you know, if they're going to exalt him like that. And they gave me just a thousand and him ten thousand. So, so he became uh, jealous. The jealous spirit came over him and envy. And so when David was playing before him one time, he... He had a javelin in his hand, Saul did, and we've heard our pastor preach about that, how that David had a harp, but Saul had a javelin, and he threw the javelin at David. And a good thing he didn't have good eyesight or something, and it, it missed and hit the wall. But da David could have took it out of the wall and threw it back, you know. But we see that he respected his king, even though his king was trying to kill him. And so, but eventually he had to flee. And so then, uh, Sherry is going to read for us in First Chronicles 17, 1 through 15. No, she won't. Because <laughs> I just talked about it. Because uh, that's the story, of course, of how that David defeated Goliath. So instead we'll give Sherry, this next one, Second Chronicles 1, 1 through 6. Second Chronicles 1, 1 through 6. You got it? Yeah. Second Chronicles? Right. Okay. Second Chronicles, the first chapter, 1 through 6. Right. Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom. For the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Then Solomon spoke to all of Israel, to the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, to the judges and to all the leaders in Israel, the heads of families. And Solomon and the whole assembly went to the high place at Gibeon, for God's tent of meeting was there, which Moses the Lord's servant had made in the wilderness. Now David had brought up the ark of God from Kareth, Jerem, to the place he had prepared for it, because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. But the, but the bronze altar that Bezel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made was in Gibeon in front of the tabernacle of the Lord. So Solomon and the assembly inquired of him there. And Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. She already read once anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I was mis mistaken. Uh, uh, this I was thinking of Samuel 17. This was Chronicles 17, where David had it in his heart to, to build the temple for the Lord. And, and Nathan had to tell him, no, you, you are a man of war, and, and you shed a lot of blood, so you won't be able to build that temple. But uh, your son will be able to build the temple. And so his son became, or was Solomon, who did build the temple. And uh, so you can read about that in your quarterly. 
And uh, then we find that after Solomon became king, he was blessed so much that, that the uh, Queen of Sheba, but from another country, in other words, came to see what she had heard about him. And she was amazed at his wisdom and his wealth and all that. And uh, it reminded me of the song in our hymn book, Still Sweeter Every Day, where it says, The half has, cannot be fancied this side the golden shore. Over there he'll be still sweeter than he ever was before. And that's what we'll say when we get to heaven. The half has not even covered what we're going to see in heaven and when we see Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are our king, and we pray that you'll help us to never reject you, but to always follow you and to be led of your spirit, Lord, in our decisions that we make, especially politically and just every day that you will guide us, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.